forgot to mute my phone because I was still there. Like before, I'd have muted it like immediately as we began oh, yeah. before. But yeah. As soon as a notification comes in, bam! All audio is lost. Yeah. And did you? All right. Hello. Uh, uh, my name is. My goodness, almost choked. My name is Valentine. Uh, editor takes him. Joined by Rufaro, Madame Ombe, who does stuff sometimes. Uh, currently living the lifestyle that we all dream of. Damn, not sleeping on the floor, Valentine. I think anyone dreams of such a lifestyle where you're like lying Dude, down on the floor. You're lying on the floor. Okay. You're living the yeah, today. Life. But last last time I was. Today I'm just sitting on a chair. It's really cold. It's like raining. Well, it was raining loud stout, but I digress. Um, yes, how are you? Is oh, it wow. raining where you are? Oh, wow. <laughs> it, it, I hope it doesn't answer. <laughs> Man's got sideswiped. Yep. Uh, why would I not answer? Why Why are you like that? That would be so cool, though. Yeah. Yes. I sideswipe you and then it sideswipes you like, oh, yeah. man. <laughs> it would be fair game. Fair game. But yeah, it's been raining. I actually got rained on a little bit. So I'm in full winter wear right now. Because I hate cold. I hate cold the cold. Best. I hate the cold. No, summer. Give me hot weather in anyway. Summer is for the weeks. That's more like it is for the week. No, winter. Winter is for the week. Summer, on the other hand. Oh my gosh, summer is the best. So I was checking out my headphones and I saw some bunch of scratches and I'm like my heart bleeds. My heart bleeds. Yeah. I'm still in pain. But from what I mean, fall? I can remove them. No, they didn't fall. So like sometimes when I am in certain places in awkward positions and they rub against the wall. Mm. Yeah. That's caused it. So, yeah. I'm not proud of that. I mean, with my watch, I'm like, yeah, it happens. But with my headphones, I'm like, I'm not proud. I'm mm. not proud. Too expensive for me to do that. Yeah, well, sorry for the very elaborate intro. Uh, today, we are continuing the conversation we started, or was it two weeks ago, about vehicle ownership and all the all the stuff that comes with that. So today is going to be tinged a little bit differently because he who shall not be named uh, wanted to follow on and we were like, yeah, we're happy to oblige you actually giving us time to talk about the stuff we, well, me and Ed Rufaro has just joined this this, this chat. Yeah. <laughs> <need to> <laughs> And he who shall not be named said we should rename this series to the salad edition. So, uh, what? <laughs> the salad edition. No, uh, Lema salad. So, so that's Lema the thing. Salad. So, so for for all of those that are listening, I have no idea who the who is to be named is. I'm I'm like lost. I'm, yeah, I'm as lost as I'm. I'm as lost as you, the audience. But yeah, let's let, maybe it might come to me as well, the podcast goes on. Well, it's, it it clearly shows you're not reading group messages, which exactly. is which is really good because yeah, plot life, man. It's plot life. When <laughs> when can I? How can I? <laughs> make a plan. My network is like no. We, leave, we want you to. Hey. So you know what? Actually, oh man, this is gonna be another story time. But today I went to Zol. Because I was like, hey, Zol has this thing called Fibronics on the go, right? Where I can use my internet balance at home to, you know, browse and rip up my Zol hotspots. But I've never got it to work. 
So I went there and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's now Africa Hub Passport. So you can try that and then create the account. After creating the account, they will email you the credentials and then you use those credentials to log in. Uh, I didn't, I did not have data at all. So I couldn't log in. So I'm waiting for that opportunity to go back in town and try it. And if it works anywhere near my favorite restaurant, that's where I will go specifically to just upload stuff because I can't do it at home because the internet dies. So yeah, I'll go there, buy a drink or a bottle of water and spend the whole day in there. Man, you're living the life. You're living the, 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 the dream. This is what all of us aspire uh, to do. No, no. It's called suffering in silence. Mm. Okay, so let, let's get on with the with the with, with what we all assembled here to do. Uh, note that this should have been something we should have congregated for, but he who shall not be named is not fitting well, so we're not risking the sanctity of the group's health for one person yep. and their shenanigans. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, Rufaro, would you like to take this opportunity to apologize to everyone? Apologize for what? Like, <laughs> you just confused the audience. He who shall not be named. <laughs> now there are two he's who shall not be named in one podcast. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. So this, this one's you. This one's, this one's clearly you. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, audience, that this isn't a live podcast. And, uh, yeah, it is what it is. All right. So, cars. So, the last time we we're talking about getting into the ownership of it to start off with uh, all the little niggles, being it getting it here, the first maintenance, etc. And now, we kind of look look at the Zimbabwean second-hand car market as a whole because not everyone is the quote-unquote kind of buyer that Rufaro is, for example, who only goes for high-end stuff. Um, there are people out there who want something that just simply works, regardless of how it looks. Uh, yeah. So I remember, Ed, remember that, that day we were in the Texan VIP group and we were talking about, um, for all those wondering, Texan VIP is just the name of the group. I, I think anyone can enter it if you find the link. <laughs> yeah, anyone can enter it. Yeah, it's one of the many community groups. So they were talking about car prices and how some cars are priced at a certain level. So some cars like old ridiculous value even though they don't look at like the pictures from, from uh, the Facebook marketplace. And that's what really spurred this opportunity. Yep. What we're looking for in a car is totally different from what someone else is looking for a car. Because again, the use case and the, the budget is different, right? Um, someone might be looking for something that just simply, like I said before, works. So it's, mm. you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a kick and go, as they say on, on Facebook. You know, <laughs> things like that. So it was it was strange. Never been opened. Yeah. So it's strange. Like you then see like there's that Honda Fit I sent that that looked battered and bruised, and someone's asking for two K for it. And I'm like, okay. So how how do they price these things? Like how there is no service history. You can clearly see it's been in a couple thousand fender benders. Like it's run the gauntlet a bunch of times. (laughs) It's 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 a lightly used mshigashiga, and it's still commanding like two thousand. Where you could possibly get something better like that uh, Subaru B B two or B four that you can get. It's, for, a, it's a B four. B four. Yes. They they're there on on the marketplace for around the same price, and it's common amongst all sellers to be selling the cars at those ridiculous rates. So Ed, since you know you are my car fitting aficionado wingman, 
on this. What have you observed? Because I like conversations with these sellers, but like, what have you seen that you're like, oh, okay, you know, this is, it's neither here nor there, or oh, I am crazy. Yeah. So to be honest, it's more of like a supply and demand thing. And also, as you said in, in the previous podcast, it's all about how well, how available the parts are. So, you know, there's some, you remember we were having a discussion around the Vanguard and you're like, ah, oh, man, the Vanguard is like a ref that went to private school. And I was like, yeah, it's just too expensive a car for, like it commands too much money for that kind of car. There are a lot better cars you can get for less, yeah. but doing more stuff. So I guess it then comes to that whole point of, hey, everyone is rushing to get a whip that is cheap to maintain, cheap to run, and is cheap to service. Because like I think the more popular the car is, the more people that are out there that can service it. So you can go to a person and they'll be like, yeah, full service, just give me 30 bucks and I'll sort it out. I don't know. I, I, 30 bucks seems like a show my show mysteric, but I do know a guy who was like, hey, a 2002 Mercedes E-Class, just give me 50 bucks and I can do a full service on it. And I'm like, wow, okay. And probably it's because there are plenty of these cars on the streets and most likely there are plenty parts for these cars on the streets so they can afford to get them relatively cheaply and sort out the deed um so that then drives the actual price of the car very high the fact that all the other things around it the ecosystem behind that car is a solid ecosystem it just means if you get it everything else is going to be pretty easy because um the stuff that it needs for it to be maintained, for it to run proper, it's somewhat ubiquitous. You can go in most of the fitment shops and get parts for that specific car. And you can, because there are a lot of them on the market, they're cheaper. So it's just that whole thing of, hey, we all know that everyone wants this car because it's a fuel saver. We all know everyone wants this car because the parts are cheap. We all know everyone wants this car because it is somewhat reliable. So we're going to charge a premium for that just because it has those, you know, popular attributes or those desirable attributes about it. So you find out that you then see, usually it's the Japanese cars. They are relatively more expensive than the European cars. And it's not because the Japanese cars are better per se, but more because the ecosystem around those cars just makes it a whole lot easier for you to live with that car than with European or American cars. So yes, that's what I kind of observed from the whole, you know, why are these cars more expensive than that? Okay. But that means that an affordable car is not necessarily what you think it is. It's like an affordable car is yes. affordable as easily as it can be serviced, not as at the price point, which, again, it irks me because it's like, <laughs> so I've just opened um, Facebook Marketplace, well, just the, the, the second-hand cars in Barber Group. I'm just going through the prices. And there's a, where is it? There is an Elion, 4,500. Looks pretty decent, right? And then there's a Mazda 3 going for 2,600. Mm-hmm. 
so he is not separated by that much, but I think it just shows good the yeah the car in hot in hotter demand because the Toyota's Toyota parts are cross platform, so they work across a number of platforms and they're generally strong vehicles. Mm. So and since they've been imported in mass, the 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 there has been a supporting uh parts industry that's followed with it. Since they're more common, easy like what you're saying, easy to find parts. Therefore, the price of the car will jump up because they know people want these. Like similar Honda Fit, uh, I think it's a Gen two or Gen three, three thousand dollars, right? Uh, yeah. But it's also yeah. four hundred bucks cheaper than a Mazda three. And I'm like, so I, I guess what you're saying makes sense. But then it's like, if you want an affordable car, you have to think not of the price of the vehicle, but the price of servicing. So that's why, yes, summing up what you're saying, that's why it's like that. But then, yeah, it doesn't make sense when you go to trucks. Ah, yes, yes, trucks because they are commercial vehicles. So, <laughs> so I, I have to kind of blame the situation in Zim when it comes to um, road infrastructure you will find out that the more robust a vehicle is like also the more expensive it will be because like pickups and trucks are just number one, they are hard to find because they're in such high demand. But if you then actually find it, it is pricey. Mm. Like you look at some 2012 Hiluxes, they're going for, they're going for about uh, 28 to like 40, 28 to like 35, thousand bucks secondhand and you're like man how much is this thing brand new and in like a dealership because this is like this is expensive so they are expensive because of that fact that they can handle the current state of road infrastructure in zim without too much damage because i mean they're built tough because they are built forward they're commercial vehicles, commercial being most of the people that buy pickups are people that want to do projects. So what are you trying to say? They are willing. What are you trying to say? You are trying, you, you are <laughs> trying to do projects. Plus, come on, man. Like you, you, you do projects, man. Like filming whips is a project and I need uh, somewhere with space so that I film my whips. So. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like a lot of people who are going to get a, no one's going to get a pickup to use as a shika shika. Like, that will never happen. So a lot of people who then get those vehicles, and no one's going to get a pickup as a fuel saver. They're going to get a fit. No one's going to. So if you're going to go for a pickup, it's most likely because you have some business to do with that pickup. And again, it then commands that premium of, hey, you're going to use this for work, which means you have the budget. So we're going to price it a bit higher. And then the the third one is also, I guess, status. So um, if you have noticed, like if you have a pickup or basically a truck in Zim, your social standing just looks a bit higher than Excuse someone me, again, with what like... What are you trying to say? Like, dude, no, my social standing is in the dirt. Hey, man, like, like walk these streets. I'm the walk, the walk these streets. And the drinks of the earth. And you're saying, oh, yeah, you make social standing, bro. Yeah, I'm suffering. Please. Yes. Walk these streets. Well, I guess it it then again goes back to the whole point of people who buy these whips are doing some business related stuff with it. So it's just associated with business people or people who are running projects. 
So even socially, like it then just becomes like if you just rock by with a pickup, people are like, oh, okay, that Hold guy's on. doing stuff. Like they don't even they don't even know who you are or what you do, but they just like here's a pickup. So most likely he's doing stuff. Probably he's got a factory. Probably he's got you know a plot. Probably he's got yeah I don't know some sort of business that requires that vehicle. So it's um it's again those things that then just drive the price up. Yeah, I kind of saw that like um. I guess the point of which I'll bring Rufaro into this because he's 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 really new to this and he started this process is the the whole service history stuff. So it's very rare on Facebook or even at car sales to go and see a car that has a complete or even a partial service history. So it's one of those things that is put in to kind of show the the next buyer that at least you're not going to have to replace as many components as you would. Um, here's here the receipts to show that it's been done. Now, in all honesty, those things can be forged because, you know, if you want to sell something, you can sell something like, you know, it is what it is. Um, but you never go into any sort of car sale. So when I got mine, it was like, I, there was no service history, although I was told it was a fleet vehicle. So which made me, which made me feel a little bit better because if it, buying a car that was a fleet vehicle, it's 50-50. You're either getting something that has been moderately maintained, Right. Because whatever organization mm-hmm. about it, or you're gonna get someone who is who drove it like Imotech bus. Like I don't care. I'm not the one who has to take care <laughs> of it. So so when I saw the, the, the difference, oh okay, cool. The, the problems are less than I would have imagined. And even going with trucks, like the components are much more expensive. Because even a, a, a truck that looks like it's gone to one back will still fetch a high price. Because again, it, I think it's a tool. Like what you're saying, it's a commercial vehicle. It's a tool that can do x number of things. Uh, so is Rufaro is is the new entrant in, into this into this weird wacky world. Have you started compiling a service history, and do you think it's important? And also, did you get one with yours? Um. So yeah, the car had like this funny sticker that's placed when when it surfaced. So I knew the last time that it was serviced. Um. Um. So that that did you know it does give that sense of um comfort to know that oh okay this person lost service this car maybe five kilometers five thousand kilometers uh, ago and you're like oh i'm not getting it too too bad am i compiling one yes i am compiling one but then it's more of a side effect it's not that i'm compiling it for the purpose of i want to resell the car and therefore i want to fetch a good price it's more of i'm already servicing the car for my own safety number one and i just generally then keep the receipts for for these things um so yeah but if you do want to resell uh, the car like what you're saying it's a good thing uh but things can be faked so yeah the buyer won't necessarily just take your word for it to be like oh yeah i i trust your receipts and, and this stuff but just service your car for your safety i think is what i'm trying to say the service is to just come naturally because of that so, so in your buying process, did you go through like cars, cars, and then see some that were like, oh, okay, this looks okay. So you know when you go on a picture on Facebook and you see a guy, I'm like, hmm, this looks cleaned. Like this car is dirty. No, not dirty in the sense that it's filthy, but there's a problem. Mm. Like the, you can see, like maybe it's my gut telling me if something's a bit off. Not, it's not even the price; it's just the look of it. It's like the angles they picked to, to take pictures off. Did you ever get that mm-hmm. feeling that, mm, yeah, I may need to take a mechanic with me on this one because, mm, yeah. So, so that's the thing, like you said, not the price, but I think the price also then comes in when you see a really good looking on the outside car and you see the price, 
And I remember it was this, this vitamin that I saw and I told you in your life. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, sure, if, if it's all clean and nice, and that price sounds good, but there are certain prices where you start questioning, like, mm, I don't understand what's going on here. Um, so, so yeah, if you're buying, you do need, like, it would be good if you can go with the mechanic because if you're buying locally, the more if you're not buying locally, it's kind of hard to, to go with the mechanic to Japan or something and, like, inspect <laughs> this car. Um, but yeah, definitely, you will come across those things, uh, those cars that look too good to be true or that just have, I don't, I think because, uh, there's a story for another day, but I guess my senses are not as, you know, fine-tuned as yours, right? Uh, so it, it's kind of then harder for me, like if the price was looking normal, I think it would be way harder for me to then know but, mm, how far with this car, like something's just not. I would probably be like, oh, okay, it looks, looks good. The price looks good, which is when the mechanic then is really essential. Because if you're first time and you're oblivious and you know nothing, need a valentine or an ed or a proper mechanic ah <laughs> should have said that <laughs> just through shade right on both of you no, no, it's the right term because none of us are trying to do this so it's, it's not necessarily shade it's just the truth so yeah are you sure ed ed i'm just joking i'm joking no no <laughs> here's, here's the thing here's the thing I know a lot of theory about how a car works mechanically, but I've never done anything seriously hands-on. So, hey, man, yeah. if you want me to, to just check the brakes and check if the engine sounds all right, I can do that. But I'm not a mechanic that you take to go and check if the integrity of the car is sound. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not the guy. I'm, I'm just a guy to just give you an idea of what's going on. Yeah, but I'm getting yeah, there. So, I'm getting there. So yeah, so when you're a first timer, yeah, you then need you know uh, a certified mechanic to then walk along this journey with you. Otherwise, you're and that's the hard thing now, Kuti. When it's like your first car, right, and then you like quote unquote don't do it right, it can be such a painful thing because it's like it was your first car. You know, you'd want to as much as possible make sure you at least remove the issues that you can remove, you know, from the buying process. So you go actually see the car, you go see the car, the mechanic, you do a test drive, you ask certain questions and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it okay, so not of your quote-unquote tax bracket, <laughs> because you're now in a different tax bracket, but I'm saying for someone who's looking for an affordable vehicle, it's one of those things where it's hard to then pick what to look at, because if you can if you were able to afford to import something, right? Let's say it costs, so you imported a car, so, so let's say the car cost 1.8, regardless of what it was in Japan. How much is the is the is the duty for a second hand car? Oof, that's a hard question. Like for me, because the calculations now, I'm not a math person. But let's just say how much uh, what was what was the value? What, how close was it to percentages to the value of the actual car? So it's like, oh man, you're asking me a question that needs me to say the values. Um, yeah, it sounds like 40 to 45, something no. like that percent. So now imagine that, you know, what was the SI 89 of 2021 banned the importation of cars older than 
10 years. So before someone could afford, let's say the car is 1.8, let's say 40%, that's about what? Let's say 600 bucks. That's mm. 2. Point, I don't know, you can just give it 2.4, 2.5, right? Um, and then change of um, you know, registration and all that. Someone could afford to do that before and freight. So let's say it came around two grand, 2.3. Someone could afford yeah. that and get something that's coming from Japan where chances are the car was taken care of properly and they might not need to worry as much about servicing and stuff because they just want to get something to move about with, right? Mm. They can't do that now because the 10-year-old cars, the 10 years, ten-year cars and old that were already imported there in the country are fetching such a ridiculous price because you're getting that buying uh, duty shipping fee plus the car sale or the seller's premium on top of that. Yeah. So that, that then just forces you to look lower um, into the into the into the price range, yeah. which means you're not going to be looking at things that you would be looking at normally because the need I think shifts from being I need something that is going to work for me for three four years and I'm going to take care of it for that period. So I just need something, anything. Mm. Thank you. Like the lowest point price possible. Yeah, at the lowest price uh, price point possible. And again, it's that rinse and repeat. That there's now, I don't know if this is true, but this is one assumption I've seen. There's a there's a there's a disposable asset sort of feel with cars and Zim because it goes from being owned by someone, uh, there's someone who really took care of it, someone who wants a tool, and then goes to the level of it's going to be a Shigashika people carrier, which is not a, you know a detriment to that job. It's actually vital because I attend a public transport yet. And then it goes to someone who's going to be running rough roads with it because that's the only mode of transport that they can use because, again, public transport and getting something purpose-built for that is expensive. So it's like people then put it down the, the, the chain. I think it happens everywhere in the world, but in Zim, it's like you, you see a car, you're like, you know, the Ed, you know that fit I sent, the red one? That looked like yeah, it had like, back. <laughs> yeah. and like, and it's, it was 2.3K, right? It, it was warped. Yeah. It was warped. Like body panels that were warped. They tried respraying mm. it, but man, it was warped. Like you can see that the body lines are gone, man. It's now, it's like like the body. <laughs> it was. <laughs> It's crazy. I was like, no, let's not do this. But like, I like the point that you brought about where, uh, so it's been an actual dilemma for me because for the long, so I've been asking myself like, and this is for other guys out there who are, who want to buy, planning to buy, but are not too sure. So I've had a debate where I'm like, do I get a whip from, do I import a whip? Or do I buy one from these garages? So the dilemma is uh, the points for importing are I'm, I can get it at low at a low mileage. I can get it in pr- a pretty good condition. And uh, suspension-wise also, I am kind of confident that it... Uh, yeah, it did not get damaged with Zimroad. So they're, they're kind of those. Bit. And, and what, I, what I've also noticed is interiors. So I guess it's something that a lot of people actually look at rather than the mechanical, you know, sanity of the car. So like interiors, most of the cars that I'm seeing locally on Facebook Marketplace have pretty run down interiors. But most of the cars that I'm seeing on... Um, on like B forward, for example, even if they are like really high mileage, the interior and the interior is still in somewhat a very good shape. So it's some of those things where I kind of feel like um, 
if I want to get it in as good a condition as possible, I'd get it, I would import it. But then the problem with importing is then those taxes and those duties are going to drive the price so high to the point where I then have to settle for something that's less than what I actually wanted, which then brings me to the local side of things where I can get what I want at the price that I uh, would want without going through all those extra expenses of duty importation and whatnot. But I will not have a guarantee that I can get it in as sound a condition as the same whip with the same mileage, but imported. So it's, it, it, yeah, it's, a, it's a bit of a dilemma. Like, how did you guys do it? Because Rafaro imported, you bought locally. Like, did you guys have an internal debate about that? I think on my part is I wanted, like what you're saying, the best condition as possible. So if I was to get that locally, then yeah, sure. Uh, it just so happened in this case, um, it wasn't locally, which was uh, good for me. And I think it's because I was also willing to pay that price uh, because it wasn't a, I, I, I want this specific configuration at this specific price. Therefore, I cannot buy it outside because it's automatically going to be above that price. But I can buy it most likely locally at that price that, I, that I'm okay with. Um, so, yeah, so for me, there was no internal, you know, dilemma of, oh, do I buy locally or do I, do I buy outside? Um, there were a couple that I saw locally. Uh, but then, like what you're saying, you know, the car came in. And that's also like a whole thing with Zim as well. Like if you're buying a car imported by someone else, like you don't know how it got into the country and all of those things. So that was like something else in the back of my mind. I was just like, okay, better bring your own uh, from start from scratch. Um, and you know, you know how the car got into the country and you know the condition of the car in terms of use. It's it's not been, you know, drive in Zimbabwe and all of that stuff. But yeah. That that was it for for me. I'm not sure about who else is on the podcast again. Oh, good goodness, Valentine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. some light humor. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I, 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 it was just <laughs> how it came about was the whole question. Like, where is it coming from? Um, so it is usually kind of a trait to go for fleet cars. Um, you know, look at them, and you know the the the, the guys would describe to you what it was. So the, at the time, there was no option to go outside because it's during one of the bigger lockdowns. So the importation route was not really something I wanted to dabble with. Uh, and I was like, I know it's cool. We can then do it locally. It was just getting one that is in the best condition possible uh, and one that has less things to fix. Uh, and yeah, Zim roads are Zim roads, but then, you know, when they advertise fleet cars, and there's some really good ones. Like there, there's some really, really, the ones that were, I think two or three grand more expensive than the price point I entered at, but uh, it's, you could see good now. It's it, they didn't just you know clean the car. Some of them had you know um, uh, underbody treatment, you know, the, 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 to prevent rusting. Some of them had lift kits, and you're like, hmm, okay, like I kind of get why. Um, and the, the 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 garage they serviced them, so you'd you'd get it post service. So that was again was a really good indicator. Like, oh, okay, cool. Except they didn't service the really big thing I wanted them to, which was the timing belt. But that story for now, that that story I, we had last week. Uh, yeah, so. But again, all of that doesn't really matter to someone who wants a car just to have one, right? Like, it doesn't 
all the variables we're putting in there but someone who just wants to buy let's say i don't yeah. think i'm shiga but he just wants to make money it doesn't matter because for them yeah. like i was saying down the value chain it's just something they want to use as a tool to achieve an end then they don't necessarily see a need in preserving the value of it because whatever money is generating is preserving value to other things so the whole perception then changes but what are you going to use it for so when it's like well mine is work related but not in the sense that that's where the money comes from it's just a part of the job it's not necessarily the entire job so that whole dynamic then shifts if someone sees like i'm looking now at a vids or a runex uh that had a side crash going for 2k it runs on facebook market like to me i'm like nah nah because I'm anticipating the cost of having to get all that fixed. But someone wants to make money now with that car, it's an option. Not a good one, but it's an option. Now, now I get why he, who he must not be named, said it's the salad episode about the last one. Like, I kind of get what he's talking about. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, we were, slash, uh, you know, speaking from that. Uh, point of privilege of yeah you get to have the options to choose and select the exact thing that you want sometimes you don't even have and like what you're saying sometimes you just want something that just runs that's it you don't care about anything else yeah but oh, which, yeah. Which and i think also so, oh sorry Ed. uh well i was just gonna i was just gonna continue to first point like um it's also from uh our discussion is also from a point of people who when they buy stuff they buy it because they understand what it is and expect to extract a certain level of um, satisfaction from it so i guess it becomes different for a lot of people who are let's say hey man like so i just need a car so that i deny you and that person is not they might look for a car that's just you know a car like they don't care about the condition that much they don't care about how easy or hard it is to maintain that much they're just like hey i have a budget for a car i'm gonna go get a car so yeah like kind of to give context of why are these guys such salads (laughs) Yeah, true, but but then again, I think the next question is obviously why is it important to put money into the car? Because even if you're going to use it as a runabout, so I say this because I've seen, um, I saw a Honda Fit, and I know people are gonna be like, oh, you hate on Fit, yeah, I do, uh, and I own it, um, with a light <laughs> bar and no headlights, and in my head I was like, okay, yeah. he probably he probably bought it like this, right? Let's just say the assumption is he bought it like this, so which means whatever he's making is not enough to then get him to put enough money to get headlights on it. But then the contrary can also be something worth debating to be like, oh no, he actually got the car. The headlights failed and he bought a light bar. So it could be a case of whatever electrical gremlins exist in the car <laughs> were probably too expensive to to fix. But then again, how much is a light bar going for? Like I've seen some for 40, 50 bucks and my, my, my replacement lights and doing wiring because I recently did the, um, just had the wiring checked and it was like 15 bucks. Now for me, it might not, for, for me, it might seem like it's a little bit of money. 15 bucks just to get something looked at and, you know, just them confirming and diagnosing it's still quite a lot of money but why not invest especially in safety features which is again the importance of putting money in a car so regardless of what your your socioeconomic bracket is or if you think we're, we're being salads with this you have to invest in the important safety features of the car because the manufacturer didn't put them there for no reason because it's like you see honda fits 
sorry, let's say wish because wish is the next worst when it comes to, <laughs> to road drivers. You see a wish, right, at night, especially for like on Ed's road, on Ed, the road from Ed's house, has it on, it's dark. Oh, yeah. And you're like, and you're carrying people and you're like, okay, are you not thinking one of those lights are meant for you to identify the road, for us to identify that you're in the road, but you're carrying people. Like other people, and they have no option yeah. because transport down the side is just a nightmare. Once it gets to a certain point in time, it's just not doable. So, may, am I looking at this the wrong way by There's saying nothing. you have to invest in these safety features? I know in my head, because as Bill Burr said, between my ears, there's applause going, going, Valentine, excellent point. Oh, magnificent. But maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I think people should. I think people should invest like money in their in their car because it's not only about the it's not only about the safety aspect of it, but also it's easier on your pocket because I don't think probably there are some people out there who treat cars as like something that's disposable. Hey, I'm just gonna use it till it dies and buy another, but I don't think that's the most economical way of doing it. Um, some of these things really just, so a lot of the mechanical stuff, like speaking from a mechanical side, from a mechanical point of view, if you just hear something sounding weird, I mean, there is something that will be going on and probably getting it checked might be annoying, but it can prevent a bigger problem happening. So, you're robotic. You're robotic. There are a lot of people driving with their cars, and whenever they hit the slightest little ripple in the road, you just hear something shaking in the front suspension, for example. You know, something like some pieces of metal hitting it. This will help, but I think I'm gone. Oh, you're, you're okay. still there. You're still there. I was saying you, you went robotic there, so I was hoping you'd hear me. So give time for for plot life internet oh, no. to, to. Oh, I. <laughs> so I heard you. I heard you say you've gone robotic. Yeah. Uh, oh, then he drops off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, shame. As we predicted. Yeah, but I, I do. I do get his point though. Like. Um, when something sounds amiss, it's obviously wrong. And there are cars that you can hear with the E. Yeah. I'm not an yeah. expert, but something is definitely, definitely not going right with this. Um, and it's one of those things that, that don't get fixed. And it's the what he was saying was the ball joints thing. When we're, when, when we're driving around and you see cars parked up, upside with, with the ball joints missing, with, with, with the, the, you can clearly see there's been a ball joint failure. So, oh, it's back. Okay, so you can continue the point here. <laughs> well, hey, okay. Uh, ball joints hitting the floor. Oh yeah, ball joints hitting the floor. Like that's just how it is. When a ball joint then fails, it's gonna kill the wishbone, and then it's gonna kill some parts of the control arms. And now you have a bigger bill to spend on that car, rather than if you had just gone and bought the bought a new ball joint for a lot less. So it's one of those where like just put money into it, keep it serviced and it won't fail you when you need it the most. And in a lot of cases, that's what happens. Uh, I think it's Murphy's law, something like that, 
where just at that point where you want everything to go smoothly, that's when the car will have like a TKO moment where something that is too critical dies and you're just stuck there. And yeah, it's not a nice place to be. Like apart from safety, yeah, have have some have some mercy on your wallet as well as on you know time, and just get it checked. But I, I don't know why the the the, the thing is still ringing in my head that it's it, even at at whatever price point that maintenance, which then it's it's weird because if you think about it, someone might not even have enough, or their cash flow situation might be crazy that they can't yeah. invest in something like that, like. Mm-hmm. For us, it's like you know, it it must be done because the, the conven like we're at a point where it's it's now just a game of conveniences, so necessarily a game of survival. So it's a different sort of ball game. But then on the other hand, you have to think about when you're on the road, you're on the road with other people. Like you, it's it it's, it it sucks to then get hit by Mshika Shika because it had a mechanical failure of something that could have been fixed. But you then spent all that time maintaining your car, but now you've got you've got damage that is out out of your control. So I'm not saying good cars don't hit themselves; they do negligence mm-hmm. and error and whatnot happen but i'm saying in the event that something that could have been prevented but that car was allowed to be on the road or was there's, there's no funnel uh that kind of keeps cars like that off the road um you're like yeah we can get the, the socioeconomic argument for it or or, or, or how bad zimbabwe is an argument for it but if you're going to go on the road hey brah these, these this this is this is tons of metal moving at at speeds at speed sorry yeah, I don't know, Rufaro, what would you feel like, knock on wood, getting dinged by, <laughs> by going Mark Jesus down that other drive? Why did you have to put that into my head? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Knocked on wood. Now knock gonna on, on wood. For, I'm going to be looking out for wishes and the epidemic world. Um, what's the question? I'm saying, like, for you, like, am, am I crazy? Like, bringing those two arguments because i might making two arguments that are not equivalent equivalent because this is someone's means of survival and they have no other mm-hmm. option but then again they're people on the road and our roads are not great as it is so do those yeah. two balance out or it's me being crazy hey, yeah the balancing out i think i'm a bit lost there uh, but like yeah i get what you mean like it's tough for people you know to then do all these things because you know situation and stuff like what you're saying the cash flow situation but at the same time it's your safety the car's already dangerous the road's already dangerous now your car is now also dangerous um i don't know that's a hard one to solve um and i think also the other thing is this whole issue of everything around you if it's broken like naturally you just be okay with living in a broken like state like your car is just broken it's just yeah it's okay the country is also broken so that's like just a rant uh, from my end. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I guess it makes sense because like sometimes you get comfortable living in a certain way, but like I'm not trying to sing loud and shigashi guys because they are a they are a what can I call it? They're an adaptation to a situation. So mm. we don't have public transport infrastructure that's good enough to support people so that we don't need to all buy cars. Because in some European yeah. countries, it's pointless for you to own a car. Like if you live in London or New York, you don't necessarily need a car because yeah. you can get decent transport wherever you are. Here, or even South Africa, like with the house train and the, and, the, and the economies or what they call taxis, it's there. You never, you're never necessarily going to need one unless like you need to go somewhere immediate. But even then, their Uber system is really good. Like it's not our 
no shade, no shade, fire, or you know, windy system where yeah, there's some around. It's not they're not as many. So therefore, they're quite a bit. Um, and plus, it's looking at it like if Zuko was efficient enough, right? Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have the need to have Mshigashigas. Combis would, would definitely still be there, I think. Independent uh, transport operators would still be there. So I think it's 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 an Africa-wide thing. It's not necessarily a thing, but at some point, when public transport get, gets good enough, there is there is no longer a need for that. For having independent transport operators, they'll probably become more taxis and, and Ubers than anything else today. Uh, because even before, you know, the advent of, of, of piloting, or well, piloting always existed, but I'm seeing Shigashigas as we know them, you know, there were still combis alongside Zupo yeah. to, to, to make the shortfall. So if, if the public transport infrastructure was big enough, we wouldn't necessarily be in the problem we're in now. Um, where someone cannot find, let's say, employment as a, a bus driver or can't find employment or generally in Zimbabwe, it's not a case of just the bus driver, but just deployment in general, to then make it so that they don't have to look for alternative ways. Because piloting is probably the easiest way to make money because there are plenty of people on the road who need transport. Yeah. And if it's on your way home, you might as well. So I, I, it's for me. I, I think it's I'm scapegoating Zupko, but I think it, it they are they are probably the they are probably to blame. Um, because it's a knock-on effect. Um, so when I was in university, most would say, I know, I don't really need a car. We've got trains, we've got trams, we've got buses. Buying a car is just an extra expense I don't need. I'd rather spend that money doing other things because the transport system is, is efficient enough. You'd buy a car because it's now more of a state symbol than a utility. And the roads in the city were, you know, European roads are small. So it's like, where, where, where are you ever going to enjoy your car in, in the city unless you're going to leave the city? Um, and then go on bureau. So for them, it never really clicked. But for me, in my, Zimbabwean, in my Zimbabwean-ness, and I even saw this in other African students who then bought cars. I'm like, oh, okay. So this is this is our legacy. This is what we bring from Africa. We buy car even though we live, you know, two blocks away from 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 the university. But that's just me being jealous. But is it, yeah, you see that it's like yeah, what a car means to them and what it means to us are two different things. Because for them, their their transport works. Ours doesn't. Like a bunch of YouTubers in, in Japan, uh, Trash Taste, uh, Joey and company. When you see them traveling, I, you really, I don't think anyone, any one of them has a car. <laughs> they always talk about walking to the train station or they choose an apartment based on how close it is to the nearest train stop or bus stop. So the whole thinking is different. Like it's, it's, it's different to Zimwe. If you're getting a place, you're getting a place to stay because there's a place available. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily close or far away from anything. But that's if you have the luxury of having a car. So I don't know. Am I, like I'm, I'm, it's weird that I'm, I'm scapegoating Zuko, but I think if that problem is solved, I'll ask you, Faro, would we probably see a, a different outcome? In terms of people putting money into their cars or in terms of people buying cars? Let's just say people buying cars. Let's start with, with buying okay. cars. That's the reason. Well, personally, right, if the public transport system was like super efficient, I'd not have bought a car. Um, except maybe for now, if like the the thing about road trips became like a big concern for me, but really for me it was I wanna be able to just do those short you know distances you know go to the supermarkets you know do this I need to go to the doctor what 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 right, and you then discover if you are using public transport it's gonna take me a long time just to do something that could have taken me 
30 to 45 minutes, it then becomes three, four hours or something. Um, so in that sense, yes, it's a public transport system is more efficient. I do think we'd have people buying less cars, uh, which would then also fix all those congestion issues in, in town and stuff like that. Because people are really buying cars to, to move, or at least I think, uh, to move from where they live to where they work, because right now you don't necessarily work as close to where you live. Uh, you might have to like cross town. Uh, Imagine you're coming from like uh, Mount Pleasant Heights and you're going, uh, I don't know, waterfalls to go work. It's like a whole literally opposite direction. Uh, and if you're doing that with public transport, yeah, wake up really, really early and you still want to be like on time time because you're out of control about that. Um, so I do think so. Could uh, there are certain people who would not then see the need to buy a car because yeah, a car is it's an expense. Right? Like you've got to put fuel, maintain it, brake pads, lights, doors, kushanda. I've got to fix that. Like, it's called zinara. Yeah, zinara licensing and stuff every quarter, and it's, it's getting more expensive as time goes on. Yeah, and that's like really cents on the dollar if you're using public transport. Like public transport is cents on the dollar compared to car cost, car maintenance cost. So yeah. But then there is the convenience. So again, like uh, as Valentine was saying, it's it's one of those where public transport infrastructure is not as convenient. So you can't really uh, depend on it. So like if I want to get into town right now using public transport, it's going to take me close to two hours to get into town. And there's a certain window that I can get into town. After that window, it's going to get a lot messier. It's going to take a lot longer for me to get into town and I might not be able to come back. But like, um, it, it, it's, it, it's then that convenience that then forces, um, what you call that, a lot of people to then buy a car. It's, hey man, like I could use public transport, but there are a lot of other things that I can't do simply because I am not mobile enough and public transport is not as convenient for that stuff. Because like, if you look at the economy in Zim, a lot of majority of the people that are working are just like the COVID restrictions and whatnot in these past couple of years. Um, what's actually happened is a lot of uh, businesses have gone remote. So now people list their stuff on like Facebook or other online platforms. And then if you wanted to buy it, the person who's selling then delivers to you. So again, it's that whole thing where if you want to do five deliveries in Harare using public transport, it's completely not possible. Unless if you're going to be doing the whole taxi thing, which is astronomically expensive. But if you're going to try and run such a business where you are delivering products door to door, you then start to see the need of a car because you can't do it with the public transport system. And there are a lot of people doing this. So it's it's one of those where convenience for that person kind of starts making sense. And it actually shows because like uh, there are are a lot more cars that have been bought during the COVID period more than before COVID 
simply because a lot of people now need more convenience when they're doing business or when they're moving around. So it's uh, it's something that, especially in Zim, where most of the economy is informal, it's one of those where it's just going to get worse, I guess. And probably we're going to see a lot more people that are just buying a car just as a tool to get them from point A to point B and probably look at it from a disposable thing, uh, point of view, rather than, hey, this is an asset that I'm buying that will take care of me if I take care of it sort of thing. It's now more of, hey, I just, need, I'm, I'm going to be grabbing my veggies and delivering them door to door, or I'm going to be doing the whole ferrying people, or I'm going to be doing a, B. like it then becomes that thing where uh, I'm just buying this thing so that I can move my product. I don't really care about this thing as much. Mm. Interesting you say that because uh, while you're saying that, I just you, I just not remember, but then realized that there are businesses that are run on public transport, like exclusively. And the 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 very north of Samoa example I have is this company I used to get stuff from called Medium Legacy. So you buy something from them, and their delivery fee is based on the cost of transport from Zarasequa, because that's where their shops are. Uh, that's where their stall is to wherever you live. So however, however much it costs public transport to go, to go and come back is how much they charge you for delivery fee or close, close to. And it's usually local currency, but then they do some sort of conversion for it. And I'm like, yeah, like what it was saying, like there are people who are doing it. And I haven't ordered from them in a while, so I don't know if, if they've gone, because they really, they've really gotten bigger. But I haven't, I haven't seen if they've, they've really gotten, you know, a car. But even worse than that is like, imagine when I think I'm for example. That a car is a dream. It's a far off goal. Like it's, it's even if it's in the scope of of, of 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 possibility, they still need to use public transport to get from point A to point B. Um, and for them, they are they are they are holding onto a depreciating asset, which obviously selling fresh produce it depreciates by end by day's end. It's it's probably worth less than than what it was at the beginning, unless you know you've done some magic and stuck it in water the whole day. And particularly with the heat that was persistent over the last. Um, the last couple of weeks, it, it's it, it's a nightmare. Um, so they live that from point A to point B. People who do cross border, you're on buses, but at some point you're gonna have to take whatever you brought to wherever you're going, and you're most likely going to need to use, you know, quote unquote public transport. So it's yeah, it's it, investing in it as an asset, like what you're saying, it is. It's Please pretty- let's not start a war by calling a car an asset. Like I keep, I keep that keeps coming in my head. Someone's <laughs> shouting out there, "It's a liability. Cars are a liability." Oh, well, not not in Zim though. Haven't you proven the point that in Zim you can pretty much hold the value of your car? You can sell it for whatever you want. <laughs> Go on Facebook, list your car for the price you got it at, because there's mm-hmm. going to be a buy. Because if you see some of the prices, you're like, mm, "That guy's," especially when it's called a new shape, even though mm-hmm. it's not a new shape, and you're like, "No, this was new shape 2017." Not necessarily. What is new shape? But but I think circling back is like if public transport, I think can we say we agree that if public transport was more efficient, we wouldn't necessarily be having this conversation. I know road infrastructure is a different sort of conversation, but yeah, but I think by public uh, transport being efficient, road infrastructure has to be efficient, has to be good. True, true. Hey, I I can't argue with that. Mm -hmm. I can't argue. True, true. 
Yeah. So yes, we're in agreement. Yeah. But I guess it's one of the because like uh, so I guess I guess there is that, um, but there is also um, the aspect of I would say route planning. So you you'll see that a lot of the current routes that public transport uses, even in areas where it's somewhat quote unquote asterisk dependable. Um, it's been the same route that's been used for a while. So there are still some outliers, some of us in new suburbs where they don't have a route for that as yet. So it's one of those where you wonder why up until you get to, 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 to use the public transport and then realize that there is just not enough of these uh, vehicles, these public transport vehicles doing the rounds and yeah that kind of that kind of makes it a bit a bit more difficult for people in these outlying areas because you'll see there are certain sections in town where people are like hey man does it have four wheels and can i fit in it Mm -hmm. i'm gonna fit in it just so that i get home (laughs) And, and it's something that's been going on for the longest while and it gives rise to all these um, shika shikas now doing their thing. But they, 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 like as Rufaro puts it, it's, I would say public transport just needs to be a lot better than it is right now so that it makes sense for someone to say, hey, I actually don't think it is a good idea for me to get a car right now because I don't really need it. So it's, uh, yeah. But then also one of the things that I I also think about is how much does Zimbo spend on car parts simply because the road is not up to scratch? Like, I think if, I remember... What's it called? Continues. Because I still remember there was a funny one that was done on DSTV. And I think DSTV was like number three when it came to the biggest uh, Forex, uh, was it Forex outage? Like the biggest Forex consumer in Zimp was, D- the third biggest rather, was DSTV, I think at some point. And I think with car parts, that might also be the same thing. They could probably we're spending more money on parts than we are on actually importing the actual cars, and it's one of those where you're like, if the roads were all just up to scratch, how much forex would the government save on importing car parts? Mm-hmm. And that money could then, because like, because like I asked that question because. It's something that you would assume is I'm, I'm I'm not necessarily a car owner, but I think it's something that a lot of car owners who are paying Zinara would kind of question that hey man like probably that's the main reason why we are paying paying Zinara license fees is because they then take that money and use it to maintain slash develop the road infrastructure that the cars we are using then use so yeah like like 
I mean, you guys, how many, how many, how much have you spent on parts so far? Please don't. And you're please just two guys. Please don't. I'm please. just looking at that, please. and then I'm thinking. <laughs> please don't. Wait, wait, wait. I'm thinking how many other people out there. I understand. Yeah, it hurts. It's painful. Ah, uh, it, it hits the soul, man. Like it knocks the wind out of you. It's it's crazy. But it's one of those where I just feel like um, the congestion issue could probably be solved by better road infrastructure. And then further improved by a better public transport system such that a lot of people won't really need to use their cars. And then if they do need to use it, because it's, it just makes it, it just makes it more efficient. It just makes it more pleasant, to be honest, if everything just works. So yeah, it's, uh, it's around for another day, but yeah. I couldn't find the article. We need it. Uh, there's need an article, the article. That, that said something about Zimbabwe's car repair industry, the size of it. I'm not sure how much the value was. So I, I won't speculate as to how much it was. But I remember the number threw me off. And I was like, you know, this is probably right because with the way the roads are, you're pretty much, and it's not paying in terms of preventative measures. You're paying when things go wrong. Yeah. Because I, I, I would like to assume that not everyone is, is as, as fastidious about their things as most other people are. And most people only start thinking about stuff when it goes wrong because, again, cash flow does not allow you to then um, be prevent, like take preventative measures. So it's similar to my case. The only reason why I run broke most most of the months is because you're fixing something that you know I don't want to fix this again, and I don't want this to fail. Therefore, I am going to suffer now, not to suffer later. <laughs> but then again, you know, when you when you don't have kids, when you're not paying school fees, when you know, you know it's, it's oh, yeah. easy to to think like that. Uh, but this, the conversation then changes when, because some people say, oh, why don't you just, you know, service me? Like, yeah, no, it's not that easy if you think about it, because they've got a bunch of expenses that come before that. Precisely. So it's, yeah, no one. So I remember way back, uh, when was it last year? No, this year. Was it last year? This year when SI89 was introduced, and I wrote a, yeah. what I call a Yeah, it becomes really tricky. Oh, Ed is lost again. He was waiting for this to happen. Ed, are you up to speed? He's quiet. That this scares me. Yeah, I'm just going to continue. Rufai, you're still there? Rufai, are you doing this because Ed's doing this? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I knew it. We were just trolling you. Uh, I wanted to be quiet just so that you were like, okay, I'm not alone. See, this is the problem. Uh, this is why we needed this to be in person because we then get rid of all of these gremlins. Hey, 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 but someone hey. decided, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not about that life. Hey. I'm not about that life. Hey. So, uh, it's already to happen. As I was saying, um, the when when SI 89, the, the ban on cars that are 10 years or older, when that rule came into effect, uh, that you need a special excise, well, so special importation license from the Ministry of Industry and Commerce, whatever it's called, came into effect, right? The one thing they cited was, oh no, those cars are not roadworthy. Uh, excuse me, what? Like it's it's a choosing beggars. And probably is the well, the government in essence are is the epitome of the subreddit choosing beggars. Because in one, where the cars are coming from is a place that's better maintained in terms of infrastructure than Zimbabwe. So you can't necessarily say that they're not roadworthy. So the the proposal was that, or the thing that I said would probably help is. Uh, so in UK, they have what they call the MOT, Ministry of Transport Test. 
um, where a car goes every year or cars of a certain age go every year to get tested at, you know, garages or whatnot, uh, service mm. stations and what to see if they're still roadworthy. I said that is probably a better measure than banning cars of, of, of a certain class. The, the market mm. should still have an option to decide what it wants to buy. You don't restrict what the market, what people can do with their money because at the end of the day, Zimra is making bank with this money. They're still charging their duties. You're still paying Zimra. You're just putting people further away from actually paying the taxes that you want. You're making it more complicated. So MOT is is, is a um, uh, I think it's there it's there in Zim for for certain vehicles. I think buses and heavy vehicles, physical fitness test or whatever, or test for the car. Uh, they do it at the VID, I think, if they still do it. Uh, but it, it was very it, it was it was common to see buses and trucks parked at the VID going through that inspection bay. Um, so why not do that? It's not like they haven't thought of it. They had because in 2017, I think there was there was a proposal to bring that, but the price was 50 bucks per year per car in Zimbabwe. Guys, nah, like 10 bucks at the most. It's an inspection, mm-hmm. like at the most 10 bucks, and open it up to other you know uh, guys like Anatransiv and and um, national third parties. Yeah. yeah, third parties. Open it up. Even even mechanics who have competent enough shops and are qualified can then clear it. Uh, to be like, I oh, know it's roadworthy. The, the obvious problem with that is um, corruption will then, because you can then just pay anyone to to, to declare it for you. So yeah. we, we'll need to start. But VAD footy as well is not the best place to start with this. So it's, yeah. Yeah, congestion as well. Like, even yeah. if you put it, like, everyone's now going to this one place and, like, it's going to be full. Yeah, yeah, so I think opening it up to, because I think Anna, Anna, the, the total garage by, you know, Zichi, by Avonlea has got a, a sort of fitment center thing. Service stations like that should be used for that purpose. So you are kind of culling the vehicles that are not roadworthy, in a sense. Because if your car doesn't have any MOT, it can't go on the roads. So instead of... You can actually now put purposeful roadblocks. Yeah, legally it can't. If it goes on the roads and then you catch it, then it's like, yeah. There's no no debate. It's like, oh, okay, the, the car can't go on the road. So you then begin to wean out cars that aren't able to go on the road. But the problem is, is enforcing it. Does it, would it, enforceability in Zimbabwe is so difficult because, again, it's about consistency. So yeah. I've never seen the VID on the roads too many times. Like back in the days where you'd need a, you'd get five bucks fine for not having a fire extinguisher on the Obom road. But mm-hmm. now where they really need to be looking out from Shigashigas and whatnot, they had not been on the road. Not again saying that I don't, Shigashigas are, are simply people adapting <laughs> to the situation. I'm not saying, <laughs> guys, nah, fam, like, now you're just putting people in danger for money. And it's, I don't think it's necessarily your fault. You, you might be negative. Okay, no, that's a rant for another day. But yeah. putting the MOT there would incentivize people to the very least take care of their cars. But then even with Zimbabwe, when they take money from the MOTs and whatnot, is it going back to feed to the infrastructure? Because my talk is have been there for a while. Mm. And you're like, the state of the roads is just not, does not inspire confidence. Yeah, like they're fixing some of them. I think King George was talking. Who was I talking to? Who was I talking to? This was Ed. Kind of they, there was me. Well, yeah, it was you. Yeah. They're they're repaving parts of parts of King or the road that well, the, you know intersect with Lomagand. I think it's called King George. Um, they're repaving the really bad part on the yeah. on when coming from town because the Marobots on the extreme left. Yeah, you'd you'd get you'd your spine would shift if you hit one of those in the, in the, in the wrong way. <laughs> so it was... It, 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 it's, it's I think really, an men would give back. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
it was really bad but those things are a dime a dozen you're not seeing that and it's they're really doing that to major to major traffic ways which it kind of makes sense and it doesn't because there's some roads that are heavily trafficked that are not like harada drive uh when it turns like before lorraine before it turns into lorraine that whole patch is just dodgy so the the money going into the toll gates is not going back to serve the purpose that it should right so even if an MOT was to come can we trust that it would then go back to where it to, to what it's supposed to solve which is you know making the road infrastructure better and wider because we know a bunch of roads that need widening it and I rant almost every time we go out together we rant about at least four or five every time that need to be joined because it's not sustainable anymore to keep them like this we need we need overpasses and we need dualizations because man like there's some roads where you know it's been like that since Rhodesia man and <laughs> the build like the urbans the urban area in that in that part of the in that part of the road is probably multiplied three four times and it has to still cater it's the same road that still has to cater for that 2 3 4 5 x increase in traffic like that's why people make in five in like a two lane street simply because because like i feel a lot of time is wasted at intersections especially ones where most of the traffic is just trying to continue down that road because i think at harare drive the traffic that is just continuing along harare drive or along lomagundi very few very little of it is turning most of it is going straight that needs an overpass man like just just put a thing that goes over the other road so that traffic flows but again ran for another day yeah. but yeah it is roads. remember that, remember that uh, yeah. when we were going down red drive near art farm where we saw people working on roads and we thought it was dualization and then we realized no they're just opening up a road for a cluster and i'm like you're putting another cluster near this yeah. road which cannot support the traffic that exists on it already yep. who's planning this Yeah. Yeah, they just throw in it all there, man. Even like that road, uh, look, I don't know the road, but it connects um it connects Borodale Road to Teviotdale where the left side if you are uh, yeah, if you are leaving Borodale. Yeah, like that's all clusters, man. Uh I think for those who have no sense no idea what we're talking about, it's the area where they kind of wanted to build the biggest mall. Was it in Zimo in Africa? One of the two. one of the two they wanted to build a very big mall there and nothing's been done but there were a lot of clusters going on there and the road is terrible it's a typical suburban road not wide enough for many vehicles potholes are just rampant and they're building clusters there so it's one of those where you just think like do they have a future plan for these roads and if they do have it uh when are they going to do it because it's going to be a problem very very soon like it's just it's just going to implode i think people are going to start buying helicopters like yeah. there will literally be a point where people just be like you know what let's just buy helicopters because we will not arrive if we use the roads Yeah, or some Zimbabwean invent teleportation because you know it's it's probably going to be a lot easier than trying to 
trying to traverse the road. <laughs> it's, it's like with e-passports. When they do it, it's going to be at the most inconvenient moments. And again, with roadworks, I, I'm happy that some roadworks are happening. But don't have roadworks in the middle of the day. Like, I know oh, yeah. it's impossible to do things at night, but maybe it's because it's it's the, the, the European or Western sensibility of looking at things that it shouldn't in, inconvenience traffic. So have them at night. I remember the city of Harare posted a tweet about and look at our hardworking uh, city of Harare officials fixing the roads at night. And someone commented, no, in other countries, this is normal. People don't fix the roads during the day because people use the roads during yep. the day. So fix them at night. And then people get back on the roads, everything is done. Even when I was at uni, you'd see roads painted in the morning and one day, you'd be like, oh, right, by the way, these guys do things at night, not to inconvenience traffic. And that road, that, that, that um, King George, the backup of traffic on the one lane, you're like, I'm loving the new road, but is it is it possible to like schedule to do it this? At night. <laughs> I, maybe I'm asking for too much to be honest. Maybe 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 just take what you can get. But then again, if you take what you can get, you don't then demand for what really should be because it doesn't help. Because people will then start using other roads to bypass that road, which means those roads will then have more traffic. So you just you're and they're smaller roads because that was a dual carriageway up until the intersection of Lomagandi, and it continues as a dual carriageway until Lomagandi then becomes one lane. So it was designed to handle yeah. traffic loads. If you then people start using different other roads, you're then putting pressure on roads that weren't weren't supposed to have that kind of pressure on them. So it's it's a lose lose. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, we've ranted for more than an hour now, and I think Ruvaro's fallen asleep on us because yeah. yeah okay. and I'm like, so what about value preservation for cars? Like, but it, 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 it all meshes though. Like it's like one thing will lead to another. It's a domino effect. Yeah, it's an ecosystem. Yeah. Because yeah. one of those where, like, um, even like for value preservation, cars don't like traffic. So again, it's one of the, you get worse gas mileage if you're in traffic. So people are using a lot more fuel than they should because of that. Stops that. Stops. And also build up of soot in the engine. Please don't remind yeah, me. Yeah, I mean we can have stop start, but then who can, the soot stuff is just who can afford the car that does stop start? It annoys me every time it says Rufaro asked, your car smoke and I'm like I feel so it it's a diesel, like live with it. It will stop at some point. Like it's it's not it's not smoking <laughs> So it's not chewing oil. And I was like but you know Rufaro then he actually put yep. it out. It's like I like dude, yeah, it's it's yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, so just coming back to 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 what you call it, car preservation. So something that uh, he who shall not be named that mentioned was getting comprehensive cover. Like even though it might feel like an expensive cost, like at that time, you know, if you do happen to be in an accident, it's, it's gonna help you because one, you're not gonna have to fork, or you might not end up having to fork out a lot from the bill. Um, it just depends on the, the damage that's there. But I guess that's like one of the things um, that someone could do to, to preserve the, the value of their car. Yeah, well, I guess I, I'll have to say that I'm not bougie enough to afford comprehensive cover. Uh, <laughs> but it's yeah, it makes sense. Like it, it makes sense. But then again, how many? How our insurance is the insurance pro- process now um, seamless enough for someone to get comprehensive cover? Because when when an event does happen. It sometimes feels like if you're in a, you were in a third party, mm. because you're going to jump through all the all the other hoops. I'm not sure. I, I haven't gone through the process. I'm just saying my my assumption of everything being difficult in Zimbabwe, and especially with insurance companies, is like mm, okay, and get it for 
but it gives you it does give you peace of mind to be like oh yeah if something does happen and it's not my fault at the very least it's covered and i'm guessing it would have to be usd comprehensive because local currency i i, I doubt you'd get yeah that. i was gonna say it's like the medical aid situation like yeah you can get medical aid but the one that you get is actually important because yeah yeah, well, insurance again is. I think it's like the same thing with with with, with what the Road Angels uh, Road Angels is like. There's a 98 package, then there's the comprehensive 200 something dollar package. I'm like, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man. No, I'm, I'm not knocking Road Angels. I think what they do is really good, and we carry them. Mm-hmm. So if you really want Road Angels, just go to the website or the USSD stuff or zero five and check it out. But I'm like, I, I, I don't. Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Yeah, we always forget to plug what what pays the bills. So yeah, stuff was five. Airtime, tell Taiwan bundles, Zessa tokens. Um, yeah, we Rufaro, it's Rufaro's job to remind us to plug, but you know, stop doing his job these days. <laughs> but it's like Rodi is like the I think the ninety eight the ninety eight bond one is a recovery, and then the, on their website they have a list of other services they do give like keys locked in the car and whatnot and whatnot. So I'm guessing that's what's that what's put under comprehensive cover. And month to month, does that make sense? 98 bucks, maybe? Like, I mean, I obviously understand the position of privilege I'm speaking from. Yeah, okay, makes sense. 250, it's like, mm, yeah. I mean... can't afford it. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're if you talking about quote-unquote black market rate, which I don't know where it's at, it's probably a buck something. Um, so I just estimated there. For anyone who's listening, you might think that I'm... Never mind, don't want to get in trouble for that one. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> a buck something a month which for insurance for, for recovery makes sense because when you do break down even though i have a toe strap who's going to pull you with the toe strap because you can't call rufaro yep. like my car's not going to do that <laughs> you mad it's, it's like no i would be like hey man i don't have a t- i don't have a, t- a toe hinge so i'm not going to do that yeah you see so, so it, it, it makes sense but then even distilling the the, the the argument down to someone who can't even let's say buy lights for the car or for whatever reason can't do it or the cash flow does not allow them to invest in those things. Insurance cover, as far as you need to pay it for Sonata purposes, never goes beyond that. Mm-hmm. It never goes beyond that point that you then look at the other stuff that you need to, to uh, um, like, you know, recovery because you know, you know someone who knows someone who's going to help you in that, in that jam. So speaking of, uh, on Stony yesterday, I saw a, a two... Parcels, another car, another class of car that I don't like, uh, pulling each other with what looked like rope. I'm like, do they realize how heavy and how what's that rope rated for? Because I know it's to make, it's to get you, the, the thought process oh, yeah. not getting to the is is not what is that rope rated for? Let's get the car out of the way, which is admirable because a lot of cars die and then they just leave them in the middle of the road. And you're like, I mean, you're gonna call someone to help you push it. Like I remember the one time I actually helped someone push the car out of the road because I was like, yeah, where it is, it's gonna block traffic. So let's just go it's down not, the road. It's going to block traffic. It's going to get annoying for everyone. So I, I don't want to get sweaty and it's hot. But yeah, the person clearly needs help. <laughs> and it's that thing of when you, see someone, when you see someone pushing their car, you're more likely going to help rather than someone who's sitting there and waving their arms. <laughs> yeah. 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 With obvious exceptions. Yeah. 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 But uh, it's one of those where like, um, I guess it's, it's also some education around the thing. So I feel it could be the duty of service centers if Zimbos would actually go and get their car serviced. You know, just a checkup. 
you know the thing that total well, not total but a lot of service stations do where you get a fuel fill up and they check your oil and yeah, they yeah. top up your washer fluid and they clean you like i i feel fitment centers should do that same thing as well because uh, i think it's is an easier way of because some a lot of people don't know they're just like hey man and, and they doings and doings and and it looks like it's strong enough so we're just going to tie it up to this car and pull it and i've seen a lot of situations where it actually breaks and yeah it's uh it's, it's scary and also like some people just look for a place to tie it up even if it's not a tying point for towing so it's one of those where you would feel like um, fitment centers could have like just a short one where they can just tell you, Hey man, um, just always make sure you have these things and always make sure you put them on the correct position in case of an emergency. Otherwise you can have this list of recovery companies that can then help you out if you then get stuck because I still remember uh, a, a friend of mine from school. It's got a Benz. Um, it's a what? It's, it's I think it's a 2012 C220 diesel. So, so what actually happened is he had um, his fuel filter. Yes, his fuel filter. The one that he got was not the correct one for that model of Mercedes. So they did not properly tie one of the hoses. Now, this is a diesel, and diesel works at a very high pressure. So the hose kind of had a cut in it, and it started leaking fuel. And this guy was like, hey, man, my car just started losing power, and it switched off. And then opened up, so he had the bonnet open. And I'm happy to some extent that it was diesel, because diesel is very hard to burn. The car was smoking, so the heat from the engine was making the diesel smoke, and it was smoking bad. And I was like, "This could have been a fire if it was petrol. You could have, you could have lost your Mercedes, bro." But like, it, it's one of those where um, he then went and uh, we then wanted to tow it back to where we to to our to our, our place of accommodation where we're living, and. I had to consult some guys at Mercedes and ask them, hey, we want to tow this car. Is it safe? And they told us, hey, you can tow it, but just don't go beyond 40 kilometers per hour because um, there is no uh, transmission fluid flowing in the transmission. So you might kill the gearbox if you drive it too quickly. It's an automatic. Mm. So it's one of those where... um, it's, it's some of those little bits of information that a lot of people might not know. They'll just be like, hey, man, come tow me. And then the guy starts doing a buck 20. And then you then try to start the car and it doesn't start. You take it to a service center and they're like, you don't have a gearbox. The gearbox is gone. Did you tow it? Yes, I did. At what speed? Buck 20? Yeah. You need a new gearbox, mate. So it's one of those where I just feel service centers could then uh, help, could then help by giving that sort of information about the car, especially to people who are curious, like Rufaro, who who is then like, "Hey man, like tell me more about this car. Why should I change this? Why should I change that? What can I do so that 
I don't have to come to this service center more often than I would like, you know. But is there, some of those is that information in the in the in the manual? Because when I was going through mine, it said if you're towing the car, well, first there was the four wheel drive instructions, like what you use four wheel drive for, and it's it's it specifically mm. said never tow the car in four wheel drive. Like, hey man, that... disengage <laughs> four wheel drive. So, so 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 that's the thing. Um, number one. Most of the cars that we have in Zim Japanese. are ex-Japanese cars. <laughs> so the that. manuals are in yeah. Japanese. Thank you very much for saying that, Ed. No, no, but, but I'm saying, I'm saying Rufaro has no excuse because he can actually download a copy of his English version of his car. Of, of, of We're still looking for it. Ed and I are still looking for it. So, VW so, website? so yeah, asterisk, asterisk. True. Yeah, we're working on it. Okay. We're working on it. But... Um, but it's one of those where you where you then ask which are how many people um are literate in like computer literate enough to understand that hey there is a website I can get this. I mean um it's still a problem in Zim. As much as we are a very literate nation, the digital side of things is very it's the wild west for a lot of people. So it's one of those where I could be like, hey, it's a Japanese manual. I'll just use Google Translate. But for a lot of people, that's really hard to do. They don't even know what a Google Translate is. Have the phone so, yeah, some don't even have the phone for yeah. it. And again, Zimbabwe's internet is WhatsApp bundles. So <laughs> it, then, <laughs> it then becomes that whole situation of uh, you don't even know what to look for. And we're just looking at this, but that's before we even look at the whole thing of do people even understand the contents of a manual, like in general, what a manual has? I mean, for some of us who care about our stuff um, on in an obsessive manner, if I can put it, like we're always deep in the manual, trying to not only trying to figure out how I can treat my car better, but the manual also has some nuggets on some secret stuff that you then figure out within the car. Like, hey, if I hold the lock button, it's going to close all the windows automatically. Mm. And if I hold the unlock, but you know, <laughs> those are things that you find, but like a lot of people aren't going to jump into that. They're not going to jump into a manual to read that. So I guess it's one of those where I would say service centers kind of give the highlights and then refer you to the manual. If you are so interested in understanding what that is, because to be honest, to be fair to what you're saying, Valentine, yeah, everything you need is in the manual, man. Like literally everything you need. If you are competent enough to do the service yourself, the manual will tell you exactly how to do it and the stuff to watch out for. Mm. That is if you are competent enough to do the job. So I think, it's, it's sort of like, you know. I, saying, oh, so I think that, that um, all, all XJAP cars should come with a QR code sticker for the for the English manual because, yeah. You're trying to figure that out as to what you can do on the side of the road. And when you're panicking, you won't be thinking about that. Like, you won't be thinking, oh, right, how do we tow the car? It's just like, yeah, we just need to get it from point A to point B uh, without necessarily seeing the rules. Because it, it's a video I saw that made me go into my manual and look for it on TikTok, where this guy, this guy's Ford uh, F-150 was being towed. They had a massive lift kit, uh, lift kit. It was a pavement princess. And you could see the the the, the front wheels spinning. And then someone was like, did someone leave the four-wheel drive on? <laughs> so I immediately went into my menu. I'm like, thank God, first in English. Number two, yeah, do not tow it in four-wheel drive. 
deal, you're going to ruin a bunch of stuff, oh, yeah. know, including the transfer case. So just just don't. And at, at that point, I didn't even just ask don't. questions. Oh yeah, just don't. Because yeah, it's uh, a <laughs> you can kill a lot of stuff by just being ignorant. And again, it's 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 a very frustrating problem to have. Now you have to replace a whole gearbox, a whole transfer case, simply because you didn't flick a switch. Like just flick a switch. So yeah, like um, yeah, some of those things that I feel could could contribute towards. Uh, making it economical to own a car mm-hmm. as well as you know taking care of it a lot better yeah so i mean um, if you have a sorry, if continue. you if you have a friend even if you like if if owning a car intimidates you at least at least have a friend who loves cars at least they will always be giving you tips and at tips this point, and tricks i will leave his number if you are a car enthusiast or not and you're looking for someone can help with cars. <laughs> it is readily available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Oh no. <laughs> you well that time but my soul and my internet that much, right? See. So I think we've See. almost had this one and a half hours and it's almost you know the time where Rufaro needs to cook. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm not about I'm not about that life. Actually eat. What's on the menu, Rufar? <laughs> right. uh, what are you what are you right. cooking? Rice Rinodovi, straight up, simple. I I have debates with people who say if I'm cooking like Murionadovi, I have to cook meat like on the side, eat it roasted. You have to. I ah, you're part of that camp. Yeah, like just have meat. It doesn't matter what you're cooking. Have meat. Like even yeah, if you're cooking mince stew, have meat. <laughs> I think it's I think it spoils the sadza. Like just like that on its own. Oh. That but you should, a... you know what you should try? You should try, uh, you should try Tsuro Rinedoi. Another one. Mm. Another one of those yeah. people. Why? Yeah. Why? No, peanut butter can go in a lot of food, man. Like, it just works. I've never enjoyed because I'm like, yo, yo, why? Why are you overcomplicating something that already tastes good by itself? Like, I tasted them like, it's a hype, but... The OG was pretty much the way to go for me personally. I don't look down upon those who eat Murionadori. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But in, in general, it, it, Tsuro, I've heard Biltong, like just general Biltong, to do it in peanut butter. I'm like, oh, I need to try that. Who hurts? I you? have to try that too. So. It, it's peanut butter. It's like sweet chili, man. You can put sweet chili in a bunch of things. Yeah, you can't put sweet chili in no, a cupcake. Not sweet chili. You can't, you can't Aromat. put Aromat. Aromat. Well, <laughs> Why would you? Why cupcakes specifically? Why would you Who then put, put something dovi, you don't like? Why in would cupcakes? you then put dovi in things where it does not belong? Someone tried it and then lied to everyone that it was good, and I think it was peer pressure. Like I was it is good, but it is good. Have to start a cooking podcast if we're going to continue with this band. Exactly, yeah. we were talking about cars now at food. You see, it's, it's all the father's fault. So thank you very much yeah. for listening. Um, <laughs> We'll be back. Hopefully with the part three, because I don't think we kind of got to the bottom of this. I know he, he who must not be named will ask of something else. So, yeah, we'll kind of... I'm like, ah, you didn't talk about band extenders. You know, ex-job cars, they need to... We actually forgot about that. We'll do that next. Oh, no. We'll do that next. Actually, digital radio, since now digital stations are... Digital TV is working, digital radio is now a thing. So I think probably that's going to be the next episode. Mm. I'm prepared. Because I have a rant for that. But I'm prepared. Let's do this. When is the next one? Uh, Probably tomorrow. Who knows?
Oh, okay, cool. Let's do it. All right. Thank you very much for listening. Um, we will see you, I guess, tomorrow, if all goes well. If all goes well.